Hi, I'm Jason. I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 15, The Space Portrait of Space Dorian Gray, also known as Too Short a Season. <laughs> And I want to be clear, I'm out to set a land speed record on this podcast this time around because... I think we just wrapped it up. It's the Space Portrait of Space Dorian Gray. That yep. covers it. Done. Right. I don't think we need to have anybody else on the show. I don't think we need to have a special guest this time. Well, that um, sucks because Jeremiah is already here. Uh, I mean, hello. Welcome. Uh, hello. I thought I was just, you know, that Patreon benefit of I get to listen to it live recording. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't know I was an actual guest. I mean, I can I can come up with something. You think we could sell that? Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the episode where we sell out. Uh, <laughs> episode 15, the monetization. Yeah. Uh, so oh, this... how, did, how did you not go for the search for more money? Come on. Oh, search well... for more money. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. First off, normally we do like a short recap talk about parts of the episode we try to say something good about it something bad about it uh and then we make our decision i I don't i think all that's largely a formality right like in this episode i think we can break script uh pretty confidently and say no one should watch this episode Um, right go on paul this is a bad one this is so bad i i mean i watched it again just before I came in and I got madder. Like there was a part, like I kind of like right, smelled. So I, think, I think we're going to have some good discourse here, but maybe we give the quick rundown first. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, while I was watching this episode, I smelled something that smelled like burnt toast <laughs> and I tasted <laughs> copper in my mouth. And then I woke up and then I emailed that it was time to record this episode and I'm still not recovered. I don't. This, Are you saying you watched this in a fever dream, or you dreamed this episode? Like, I, did we watch the same thing? I don't know <laughs> anymore. Um, so I, I'll read you a line that I have from my notes from this episode when I'm watching. Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it strives for a lot and falls short, but shows the promise of the series. Hmm. Um, you wrote that about this episode? Yes, absolutely. Go See, and from I, I'm, there. I'm sort of on the same page. This, this feels very much like... Like a core that seed of just what's like a Star Trek episode. It's just a weird one-off. Wait a minute. It feels very TOS. It feels very original series. Yeah, I'll give you that. Very original series. Um, But there's... And I I think this isn't actually a weird episode in that when I'm thinking back of all the old, like, season one, season two, maybe even through the the later seasons, I, I think it was just weird, like, watching it on BBC, watching it on all these channels. I don't know that I've seen an episode more than I've seen this episode. Well, this one was I'm so always sorry. on. This episode <laughs> plays constantly. To back up just a second, when you guys both said things that sounded complimentary <laughs> about this episode, we're still talking about the episode Too Short a Season, right? Too Short a Season, the one where, um, what's his name, takes the anti-aging drug. And and Admiral Mark Jameson. Yeah. Yep. Takes a pill. That makes him a young man. Like, okay. All right. No, it's a combination Here. of herbs and drugs. Thank you very much. Yes, right. Exactly. That's very exclusive. I mean, it's... <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I just... I want to throw this out there, okay? I'm, I'm going to say my piece because it's very short, and then you guys can talk about apparently some hidden virtues about this show that I didn't see <laughs> in the two times that I watched it, and I'm going to probably listen to you, and then you'll hear a lot of... You'll hear a lot of, like... 
and then ha in the background as I like try not to stroke out. Um, but here it is. Uh, this episode, nothing actually happens. People talk about things that happened and things that are going to happen, but on screen, two things happen over the course of 43 minutes. <laughs> the Admiral takes some, he doesn't even take the pills on screen. Yeah, that's off screen. That's off yeah. screen too, but he gets younger in front of uh-huh. your eyes. Okay. That happens. And there's a phaser fight. Everything yeah. else is people talking to people about things that did happen a long time ago or are going to happen or happened just moments ago off screen. And I realized that halfway through watching the, this episode the second time, and I got so mad about it, I nearly had an episode that hauled me off to Dr. Crusher's sick bay, uh, where they would have to do all sorts of analysis to figure out exactly why my brain melted out of my ears. This is this is like a textbook example of like how not to write an episode of television. Literally nothing happens. Like, nothing important happens. Nothing important happens to the people who you care about on the show. All of the interaction that happens are between two characters you literally just meet and then never hear from again. Mm -hmm. And the bulk of it happened, like, I don't know, 40 years ago or 25 years ago or whatever the time frame was that he, like, gave them all phasers and said, it's the prime directive, I guess, lol, and then skated (laughs) and then turned into a curmudgeonly old man who talks like this. There's the episode recap. Oh uh-huh. my god! I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Bert. Oh, I hate uh. this episode. This I didn't realize how much I hated this episode because I've, unlike you, Paul, I think this is the episode that I've seen the least. Oh, and, okay. And then I, I think I'd only seen it one other time, and promptly, like as a protection mechanism psychologically, I forced myself to completely forget almost the entirety of the episode, except for the basic premise where it's like, oh, that's the one where the dude gets younger. And then I watched it, and I watched it, and I, I watched it, and I, I wanted to swallow whatever herb and pill medication combination that he had so I could de-age to the point where I didn't exist anymore. Because, man, I hate this episode. Okay, I'm done. Uh, so, so, Paul, you want to you want to rebut, or should I, I take this one? Okay, There's just, I would you like to so add so much layer? more to this episode. There's so much more. I think this is, in my mind, the quintessential episode of them trying to both capture the original mm-hmm. and move away from it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i think of karnas who's the the only person except for like three old dudes in the background you see from this planet who's actually played somebody in the original series he's that he's a sort of big bombastic military leader and he's sort of overacting all the time and oh, yeah. big and loud oh yeah and then you have the admiral jameson who is played by a much younger guy, but he's also that sort of, he's got the old uniform, he's an old school sort of a, mm-hmm. like, and he feels very, like he would have fit very well in an, an original Star Trek episode. Yeah, he, he acts over the top, like 85% of the time. And the makeup's sort of a disaster, but for, you know, okay. You know, I, I will say something about the makeup. Um, I bet that this looked passable on a, 18-inch CRT TV in 1987. <laughs> Which is to say, if you watch when, it today and cross your eyes, it looks fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, when I'm, like, I, I'll agree with you on the point that like the makeup doesn't look great here. But but honestly, uh, it doesn't got, look horrible. He's got space disease. Like, yeah, 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 he's yeah, look like whatever it. he wants, right? So I like the point you're making there, Jeremiah. And, and um, there's an interesting element of um, 
one of the things I'll ping, that I've pinged a lot of these episodes on is when they're damaging the characters or where they do some dumb stuff with characters. And right. one of the best things they do here and one of the redeeming things I think they do here is they could have had someone on the ship have weird anti-aging disease. And, and, and in fact, they do a very similar thing in next season, uh, season two, episode seven, Unnatural Selection, where Dr. Pulaski ages and then awesome. they have to fix it. And no that colors. is one of my least favorite episodes of the series. Because it has um, Pulaski in it? No, because it's just such a weird, like, it's the trope done oddly. Yeah. And, like, with a character, and it's like, you don't really even care about that character. But, but I'm getting ahead of the fact that they bring in someone so they could do whatever they want. And, and yeah. realistically, they kill him. They, they, yep. He yeah. is a, a metaphor for original series. And they bring him in, they do some dumb stuff with him, and then they kill him and say, <laughs> bye, never seeing that planet again. Hey, um, I think he, he, I, he I gets do. in trouble because he acts like an original series would, right? Yeah. He gets in trouble because he, in, to solve this hostage crisis 40 years ago or whatever, he, instead of actually coming to a solution or getting killed like the previous negotiators, he gives the good guys or the whatever weapons and the other guys' weapons. Yeah, yeah. Like, They'll figure it out, which well, is and, like a Kirk thing to do. It feels like an original yeah. Star Trek sort of solution. You know yep. what I mean? And it is actually, um, maybe we're getting way to the end of the episode, but I don't know that there, <laughs> I don't know that we need to stick to the script on this one. No, like you said, <laughs> no. Um, but I think this is one of the more interesting prime directive things they've done. Honestly, yeah. um, by showing someone who Picard is almost openly disgusted with, um, his interpretation of the prime directive. Officially, the story is that after two other mediators were murdered, I went in and negotiated with Karnas to bring out the hostages safely. You're saying that's not the truth? It wasn't my golden oratory that saved them, Captain. I gave Karnas the weapons he wanted. You did what? I gave exactly the same weapons to his rivals. My interpretation of the Prime Directive. Let them solve their problems with those arms on an equal basis. And that decision plunged them into 40 years of civil war. Welcome to 40 years of civil war. I didn't yeah. tell Starfleet any of that. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a old school captain. If he would have said, and I was totally drunk the whole time, I would have been like, all right, you know. Uh... I'll I'll grant you that there are some good ideas here, okay? <laughs> and I think Jeremiah, I think some of your points are 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 really good, but the problem that I have with this is you have to be a dyed in the wool hardcore Star Trek fan to have that level of appreciation of the meta stuff that's happening in this episode. And this episode doesn't do anything to earn any of that. Okay, so I, let me all. give you a couple more examples here. But this because... is where they're laying it out. This is where you're starting to get that. Like Yeah, yeah but they're I mean let me give you a couple more examples, little bits where I think they really do a good job of building this transition. Okay. Right? There's a throwaway moment when the Admiral and his wife come on the ship, uh -huh. and she's talking about, man, these quarters are awesome. They're huge. Oh, and they have family quarters, too. So I could have been with you when you were on that ship 400,000 years ago or whenever he was in command right. of the ship, right? Right, yeah. And we've talked a lot in the first few episodes about this is a big ship with families and it's thousands of people. And it's talking about that transition. This is a new kind of a ship, right? Yeah. Um, it's little moments like that that are sort of – there's maybe six or seven of those through the episode where it's sort of – it. there's no big moments, but it sort of builds this sort of feel through the whole episode that 
I, I really okay. I'm gonna okay. Like is a very strong word. I don't want to watch this episode anymore. <laughs> no, that's but like, true. I'm not. This saying isn't I a garbage episode. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I want to watch it again. Let's not put that on the table. But, <laughs> so to be, but if it, to be, but clear, if it comes up on the BBC, I'm definitely going to leave it on. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. But, All right. So, and honestly, the the biggest things in the first season that are super offensive to me, just sort of philosophically about how these these uh, episodes run are mostly missing from this episode. And it's like one of the first episodes where that's true. Sure, but I'll... Uh, hmm, I'm glad you brought that up because I would like mm-hmm. to draw mm-hmm. the jury's attention to exhibits A through F. Um, the the scene where Mrs. Jameson is having oh, some yeah. girl talk with uh, oh, Deanna Troy and Dr. Do you know what Crusher. I wrote down? I wrote down and then underlined that it's so close, again... Yeah, passing the, passing the Bechdel test. Yeah. Yes, three women in a room talking to each other, but it's about a man. So it's yeah, it's, it's like, and it's so literally close. entirely so about a man. There's literally yeah. nothing there, and she's also uh, Mrs. Jameson is talking not only about her husband, which makes sense in context, right? Because she should be distraught yeah, because yeah, the man so. just downed a whole bunch of God knows what alien cocktail, and yeah. it's making all of his Benjamin Button makeup fall off. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> And he's, he's talking to his medical professional. So. Yes. Well, so yeah, rather, I, I guess, you know, like HIPAA. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Beverly just tosses around information all she wants. She She's sure like, does. She and sure Troy's does. like, you should tell her the things that you clearly already told me, not a family member. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay, but then they proceed to have no, 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 no. They proceed to have a conversation <laughs> where not only are they not talking about things that are are you know actually concerning about his health or meaningful discussions about aging or like she's literally like basically saying like but I'm old and not pretty anymore and he's going to yeah. be young oh, yeah. and he has his whole life to and I'm like I, I I cringed so hard I think I shrank 2 inches like I just <laughs> I I just ugh. so no though that is easily the most offensive like scene in the whole episode to be honest <laughs> and I have a I have a line written about that. Oh boy, the women's powwow, and Troy yeah. defends Jameson yes. for taking all the medicine. And the wife's like, "Man, I'm old and ugly. Like it's <laughs> really bad." That's that scene should just be gone, right? And Troy is in this episode. To be fair, uh-huh. right? Some Troy here. That's, she does. That's the, yeah. It's interesting to the beginning because she does just cold read uh, Karnas at the beginning. She's like, "Yeah, his body language and stuff. I think he's telling the truth, and like he yeah. seems strong and like." He's using power stances or something. Like she's just cold <laughs> reading there. She doesn't get anything. And right. it's it's weird. But he's on the he's on the viewer. He's not yeah, so yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But no, that's okay. So can I can, can I can I please? Oh yeah. I, I, think I that's, just want I, think I got I got a whole episode. You're I got, our I got guest. a whole page. Uh-huh. Just yeah. excellent stuff. Okay. Troy in the first season is super overpowered or oh, yeah. just gone. Right? Yeah. They just gotta get rid of her. In this episode, she's good with people and acting as a, a mediator and like talking and advising and sort of a, a re- she's at the table providing information and it's very reasonable in the context. Right. And there's an interesting back and forth between Troy and Jameson about this guy and whatever. And she's in this episode, not being super overpowered. I think they sort of figured out, Oh, we got to pull that back a little bit. Yeah. This right. is the first episode where I think they do something to address the, the Troy problem. Where they try right. to put, you know, some pretty noticeable statute of limitations on her power, basically. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, so she can't, from planets away, read everything about him. So, 
Right. Yeah, she basically did the the John Edwards cold read, where she's yeah, like, yeah. based off of his body language and stuff. I guess you know, yeah, which was nice. When, when they beam down to try to save the hostages, it basically shows. Uh, it basically shows that um, what was I going to say that they can't just scan the whole planet and find them, right? And oh, there are the hostages. And the teleporters and the sensors are also that thing that they've sort of established too early as super powerful, right? And this is an ev- this is evidence that they sort of dialed that back just a little bit. Sort of the practical implementation of it is sort of dialed back, right? Sure. I mean, I guess, kind of. Well, they don't. I mean, it's it's something that they need to address, and they have started to address, right? Right. And I like how everybody acts relatively reasonable in this episode. Like, they respond in a very sort of semi-reasonable way. It's like, oh, this guy's getting younger. That's not cool. Like, <laughs> nobody gets better from this disease. And so at the first time when he's a little bit better, Picard says, well, you know, who knows? Like, it's it's an admiral. Relax a little bit, basically. But then, like, he gets up and Beverly's like, this is really not cool. Something really <laughs> crazy is going on. And Picard says, check it out, figure it out. This is not okay, right? Well, and, and it puts it into a place where the characters get to, to talk about someone and to interact with someone who you don't know if he's going to survive or not. Like, again, you put, you put Jordy in this situation. Jordy just got an anti-aging disease or whatever. You know that he's going to survive, Yeah. right? And now this, it's like, oh, well, I guess I could kill him. And then they do. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. That happened. Yeah. Not sure. Not sure if it's good or bad, but it's at least different. Yeah. And well. Then, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> yes. I thought that was nice as well. I think having having this happen to any member of the crew, I think, would have been folly for a number of reasons. But I still think the problem, the central problem with this episode, is that they they fix the issue of like the dramatic tension being associated with a known character by moving it to someone else, right? Because then, I mean, clearly the audience probably would have a hard time buying it if it's if it were, yeah, if it were Geordi or if it were Worf or if it were Tasha Yar or if it were Riker yeah. or whatever. But by contrast, the thing that they failed to do in this episode, and the reason why I think there's just so little investment is the crew is entirely like a group of outsiders right up until the very end when they do the, the away team to go save them, which happens in the final, I think final third, even final quarter of the episode. There's just so little to invest the audience. I thought, because I mean, honestly about this guy, who cares? Like he's like some stodgy old dude who did a bunch of stuff that we don't even get to see or really know about except for his stories that he's telling everybody on the crew. So I thought like, I thought the major problem with this episode was that, there, there just isn't enough investment. I literally, like, I mean, yeah, I didn't know if he lived or died, but the problem was I didn't care. Like, I was just like, okay, he's dead so, now, I guess. Let me you know. let me ask you a question, then. All if, right. If, so what if they had made a direct tie back? Say, say they had got George Takai to come in mm-hmm. and play this part mm-hmm. and put him in old, old makeup and then reverse-staged him. Um, would that have changed it for you? No, what what I think would have changed it for me. The thing I think that I would suggest about this episode is find a way to get to the to where they get in the final quarter of the episode much faster. Have I mean, why weren't they in orbit of this planet while all this stuff was happening? Right? Like because that would have given them 
multiple opportunities to interact with Karnas. They really only talk to him on the communicator. And literally the first time they meet with him face to face is in the final five minutes of the episode where mm-hmm. Jameson mm-hmm. shows up and he's like, that's not Jameson. He's like, totally am. And he's like, is not. And he's like, here's my scar. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> I have to die now. Yeah, exactly. And well, then he dies. And it's like, even. It's a quick rap. Yeah. I'll give you that. But even that peters the rap, out. The rap isn't the important part. Mm. I, I think it's 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 the bouncing off of ideas between the different characters. <clears throat> it's Jameson saying we should do it like this, and then number one says, "Well, wait, well, what about this?" And Picard, you know, you know, re- reacting to how he's trying to handle the situation, and it's all of this stuff bouncing off of these two new characters that really have sort of an older mindset about how to do stuff, and so it really there's a lot of little development moments of these characters, right? Mm-hmm. And it is. It's that contrast that, that I was talking yeah. about with Picard, that you could have Picard in that room acting disgusting, disgusted at um, the things that happened 40 years ago. Um, and, and that tells you something about Picard and how he runs his ship. Um, and to some degree, I mean, I guess you learned some things about Troy and Beverly. Um, yeah. And <laughs> a lot of little stuff about other characters, too. It's the first time we see, well, Jordy uses, I'm not sure it's a very first time, but it's Jordy uses his visor in a very useful way on the mm-hmm. away team. Oh, and that's right. interesting. Yeah, right. There's even parts where, um, so like they go down there and he's like, oh, there's not supposed to be a wall there. Like all this stuff that like, yeah, it, it's, this guy's not right. Like he, he's doing yeah. weird, dumb things because uh. he's, he's trying to do things completely differently. Um, so then the crew gets to step in and be like, hey, this guy, you know, I don't know. He's not great, right? Yeah. Well, my yeah. favorite, oh, I, I'm, you know, you want to wrap it quick. One of my favorite things about this episode is they're in those tunnels. They're going around. They find a dead end. And it's like, oh, there's a steel, steel plast, whatever, wall that they put up here. And it's like you have w- powerful laser weapons or phaser weapons. Just sh- sh- cut it open. And they do. Right? right? They're like, oh, cut it down. Okay. And then they just cut with terrible special effects. But they cut a big door <laughs> no, in do. this in a half-inch steel thing, and it's like, all right, now we can go through. Good job. Like, it's it's little stuff like that where they sort of act sensibly in this episode. Well, I, but I'm not. I guess what what I'm kind of surprised at is I think you guys are willing to give this episode much more of a pass just because people aren't being completely stupid about stuff. And it's like I don't think that's reason to to say. Well, okay, I guess that was nice. You know, like it's like no, I would expect them to do that. There's a lot of so, season one episodes where they aren't. I'll grant you that. But I don't think I don't think this makes that a better episode by comparison because I I really do think that the story at its core is just kind of hot garbage. Like it just <laughs> it doesn't work for a number of reasons. There's good ideas in there, but it's structured in such a way that it just doesn't make the audience really care or really fully understand what's going on. I don't think because it's just like okay, so some dude said you know there was they were on the verge of a civil war and he was going to broker a peace treaty and then he pulled a fast one on him and it led to 40 years of war and now we're here it's like i mean none of that to me says really compelling 43 minutes of television there's some good ideas that's a good start for a treatment but just the way that it was all put together i just don't think lends itself to a quality science fiction episode because the your characters are your your audience's connection to that world, right? I mean, like, they they really, like, when, I, I'm trying to think of, of how, to, how to phrase this. There was somebody talking about, like, writing movies about the fantastical. So either fantasy or science fiction or superheroes or what have you. And 
you know, when everybody's got laser weapons or phaser weapons and everybody's got a warp drive and there's a transporter or a teleporter or whatever you want to call it, when all that stuff exists, the only thing that then matters is the characters' relationships and interactions with one another because that's what grounds your series in something real that the audience can connect with, you know, mentally and emotionally. And here I just felt like there was just so little of that connection because why are we supposed to care about this guy? I mean, we literally just met him and he literally just dies within the span of the episode. And it's like, it's kind of a fun curiosity, but none of the other characters had had any skin in the game. All of them were See, like, who's this weird dude? And like, I don't know. I, I think I think if you rush to the end, you lose the connection to the, that guy. The, the character of Jameson and his wife, I think the whole point of this episode... Whether it's good or not, and again, I'm not. I'm trying. I'm not talking it up like it's an A plus episode. Yeah. Is talking, t- seeing him interact with his wife, and there's a lot of that dialogue that's actually relatively interesting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with that too. There's. I. I mean, like a, what? Because I. I mean, again, that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know if you guys were watching a different so episode a part, than I was, um, but there's a part that uh, I was going to call this a, um, as as sort of against one of the points you had earlier. Um, one of the conversations they have after, she's like, why did you do this? And he paints this picture of like, well, I, I did it for me. Like, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of just, you know, wanted to be younger and stuff. But also this weird, like, um, painting a picture of some of his guilt of being uh, old and, and in, a, in the chair especially, that like, he, he says a line along the lines of like, you know, I did it for you to not have to care for me. Um, and there's a lot of that like weird guilt that, I mean, it isn't necessarily right, but it's painting like it's painting his intentions across this episode. Um, and the same with the prime directive, right? That, that he, his intentions were in the right place and in a lot of the things he did. Um, but that's not all that takes to do good things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could, you could be well-intentioned and still do really dumb stuff, which is more or less of the picture that is painted for this guy's life. I think they build him as a tremendously flawed character. Yeah. Right? Yeah. With good intentions. And it's flawed in his relationship with his wife, where it's he got the drug, the, the anti-aging drug for both of them. Yeah. And he was like, working on it and testing it before he gave it to her, but he never asked her if that's what she wanted. Well, and, and then when it the, came time to use it, he yeah. took all of it. Yeah, yeah. He had the mindset of like, oh, this cake takes 30 minutes to bake at 250 degrees or 15 minutes at 500. Like, it's the mindset he's using. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see see where you guys are going. And and I think there, again, there's some good elements in there. But I think it just never really worked. I I mean, I I don't want to put, like, an arbitrary timestamp on this episode. We're having a pretty good discussion about it, I think. But it's just, it seems like I'm in a totally different place than than Well, and maybe maybe best and worst will help to clarify some of that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Because I'm interested to hear what your best and worst are, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, as our guest is, as is standing tradition and is, is written on our official ship protocol document, uh, the, the guest goes first. So let's start with the worst because, I mean, that's what we've been talking about anyway. And then we'll try to end on a high note and be complimentary. Um, so, Jeremiah, what's your, your worst on this episode? Okay. So taking into, the, taking into my perspective of... This is a the there are a couple of characters in this episode that are original Star Trek characters, and you have to see them as overacting, and that's just how it is, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. I think that the worst part about this episode for me is just 
the overacting. <laughs> Given <laughs> that that's true, man, they, this Jameson guy is a real bad actor. Like he overacts and just takes the role in really weird places. Yeah. I think that he was given an opportunity and didn't did not do a good job. Yeah. Right. Carnass on the planet is that sort of over the top bombastic sort of, <laughs> you know, you can sort of see and I think he fills that role much better. But even given that's how he's I think supposed to be playing this and it works, he's still just oh yeah, just so over the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So bad. <laughs> it is, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, how about you? What was your what was your worst in this episode? Yeah. So so I do agree with a lot of the things that you said, Burns. Um, <laughs> okay. And I'm sure you'll touch on a lot of them for your own worst. Uh-huh. Um, I'm interested to see what you pick. But but uh, uh, overarching, I think um, if I had to just pick one problem, it's it's uh, well, eh, pacing would be my second choice. Uh, that it's just cheesy. You know, it's it's a cheesy episode, um, and that's not the worst thing ever, right? It, it, it's not as bad as like, uh, you know, the first few like that first season of the Doctor Who reboot, right, with Christopher Eccleston. Like, it's not that cheesy, um, but it's cheesy. That right, and, campy. Yeah, campy would be. Yeah, maybe campy is a better word. Camptastic. You know? yeah. Um, that, yeah. like, that it has all this weird, you know, like oh, I'm standing up from my beep chair. And like, you know, all that, that, that's sort of just like, well, yeah, okay, I guess I see what you're doing, but yeah, it's over the top. It's cheesy. Like, yeah. Okay. That's, I think that's about it. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I would, I would agree with that too. Um, (laughs) I, you know, for me, I mean, clearly it's listening to the last, however many minutes of this podcast, you can tell I'm not a fan. Uh, don't like this episode. (laughs) Uh, kind of violently don't like this episode now after having to watch it because uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I mean when you're allowed to skip it I think it's easier because you're just like yeah that episode kind of sucks whatever but now you know having watched it twice in preparation I have a lot of problems with this episode but I think <clears throat> I think the cardinal sin that this episode pulls and what I was trying to get at earlier is I'm a big believer in storytelling should match your medium I believe that about books. I believe that about film. I believe that about television. I believe film and television are different, even though they're both visual mediums. I believe that about video games, right? That in order to properly tell your story, play to the strengths of your medium. Um, I believe that in radio, right? So, I mean, each one of those has their own uh, signature element that you should use and use well. In a visual storytelling atmosphere, one of the dumbest things you can do is fill it almost entirely with two people talking to each other exclusively. And this episode was almost that from start to finish. This show was so dialogue heavy that, I mean, I came away from it feeling like literally nothing happened. I mean, I, I kind of came out swinging with that one. And and I found a quote from Rob Bowman, who is the director of this episode, and he said about this episode, he was ultimately complimentary about it, but I think it's because he actually really liked the guy who played Jameson and got to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, I disagree with the guy who played Jameson being being an asset to the show, but... He says about this episode, he says, quote, that was a show with a lot of dialogue. <laughs> I, con- <laughs> I considered it sit and tell rather than show and tell, and I prefer to show the audience. I believe in the word, but one of your tools in making movies and, and is visual aspects. And just as there is verbal dialogue, there is visual dialogue. One without the other can get very monotonous. And I feel like that is the best description of this episode in a nutshell. 
it's just not as interesting as it should be because it's just people talking to each other. And that's that's not really compelling television. I'll get down off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads right into my best, yeah. right? Altitude signals from that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I think it's best. Best. best All right. So Jeremiah. my best is some of that dialogue. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Wow. And it's and it's it's because it shows that development of the characters that we will continue to stay with in the series. It really allows it allows I think some of maybe not the best but very good di- development of these characters in sort of contrasting their worldviews with how the original series worked. Um, I would much rather have this sort of episode that fails on too much dialogue, where at least a good bit of the dialogue is interesting and developing, as opposed to some of the earlier episodes where there's a little bit too much show, and what they're showing is really awful, like Ferengi whips and stuff like that, where it's like, <laughs> we could just not have this, and this would be better. Right? Yeah. There's, there is... Only the one scene in this whole episode, when I watched it again for the third time today, where I just fast forward through it, mm-hmm. and then I went back and watched because I should probably have heard the dialogue, is that scene with the three women talking about it because it's real. It's really bad. Like it's <laughs> it's oh boy. But besides that, I watched it through and I wasn't like I could not watch this again and I would be fine. Like it's I watched it and I was like, all right, there you go. It, you're right. It's a little episode one where it's shot, reverse shot, just talking uh-huh. a uh-huh. lot of the time. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of good dialogue in there. Right? Well, can we can we meet in the middle here a little bit, Jeremiah, where I would agree with you that uh, going the opposite direction is equally bad, right? That oh, yeah. that that being style entirely over substance is is just mm-hmm. the opposite and equal sin. I just think that I'm I much more prefer a good balance and am much more critical when when an episode falls off in either direction. And it sounds like maybe you're more forgiving if it falls off in the dialogue direction because at least there's no, no, story no, 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 meat. No, that's there. not what I'm saying. That's oh, okay. not, I, I agree with you entirely on that it should be balanced and all okay. the good stuff. But I think if you have an episode that's all action, but it's like good, interesting action, uh-huh. that's, you know, that's a sin, but okay. You know, at least at least you have the good, interesting action, right? Mm-hmm. If you have an episode that's all dialogue and the dialogue's all awful and terrible, like some of the episodes we've had so far, sure. that's just a disaster. Either way, <laughs> so this one, this one, there's it's all dialogue and that's a sin, but there's at least good stuff there, right? Mm, okay. There's a lot of good developmental <clears throat> stuff. There are good pieces. There are good, yeah. yeah, I would say there's good pieces there. I, I but my and, my problem with this is it doesn't fall together. Yeah, and my best I think is one of those. But but I do I, I think this bridges a lot of. Um, this is what I was sort of expecting to play out. That your one of your best would be the other's worst, and it's <laughs> that, that whole idea of dialogue. Then that's uh-huh. why we're sort of on different pages. Yeah. Um, no, my best um, has to be the scene about the prime directive, and and mm-hmm. um, yes. and that's one of those kernels that's in here in a lot of dialogue, right? It is in a lot of dialogue. Um, that, especially with what you just said, um, Burns, in terms of that balance, we've seen, uh, I know at least two, maybe three other times the Prime Directive has come up. Yeah. And and it's come up in situations where it's an action-heavy episode, other stuff's going on, a lot of other things are going on, and um, 
And then at a certain point, they're like, oh, we should probably toss in a throwaway sentence about the Prime Directive that actually doesn't even really make sense. Or it's and, an escape hatch. Yeah, or it's like, oh, I guess we can't do that thing because, well, Prime Directive, whatever. <laughs> and so they've really mistreated that so far. Um, and, and to some large degree, part of that is because they were playing to action uh, and not sitting down and having a conversation with someone about what the Prime Directive is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if if that's all you salvage from this, and and if you if what you say is well, this is kind of a dumb episode, and it's not it's not super bad, but it's not super good, and there's that that even that one core of well, this finally gives you a contrast of the Prime Directive, and and we don't have to say that's not how the Prime Directive works, then it's worth it, you know that that's that's a good core there, right? And maybe that's all the only scene you need to watch. And also, I'm really curious of what's going to be in the preview. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, maybe that will be, and then we could just be like, "Oh, just watch the preview." Um, I doubt it, though. But but yeah, it's the prime directive stuff. It's my best. Sure, well, they, they've been sure. doing magic with those previews. So but that preview something. is going to be nonstop action. It's going to be like space battle forty years ago. Now the the stakes have changed and mm-hmm. hostages. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I will, uh, I'll hundred percent agree with you, Paul, that that is the best part of the episode. Um, that, that, that scene lifted out of this episode, I think still works. And arguably the best way to watch this episode from my perspective would be to just watch that scene. Um, because yeah. the episode around it just doesn't work. Um, and I think there are so many good episodes about the Prime Directive. The Prime Directive is so inherently Star Trek and, in fact, so much more developed in TNG than it is in any other Star Trek series that just wait for a better Prime Directive episode to come around, right? I mean, you don't have to watch this one to get the Prime Directive. There's there's plenty of, of those episodes. I mean, if you only watch one Prime Directive episode to really get it, there's an episode called Who Watches the Watchers, which tells you literally everything you need to know about the Prime Directive, literally self-contained within that episode. I believe they even have a point where they're explaining to the indigenous person on the planet that they violated the Prime Directive and explaining what it is uh, in further detail. So I, I, I have to wholeheartedly object to watching what I feel is a really terrible episode just to get that good scene. But I will absolutely agree that that scene is the best part of this episode. It is, that's the beating heart of this episode. And if they had spent more time on stuff like that, instead of all the other hokum that's, that's in this episode, um, I, I probably would have been much more complimentary about it, but I just, I can't abide episodes that just, just kind of spin their wheels um, in stuff that just doesn't matter. There was just so much stuff in this episode that literally doesn't matter um, that, that it just it took us a long time to get to something substantive like that. I felt, um, and it sounds like me and Jeremiah are opposite ends of a scale and Paul, you're kind of, it sounds oh. like we're kind of battling for your conscience. <laughs> you're in the middle. <laughs> oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to get lumped in as a, well, everybody should watch this episode guy. <laughs> well, I mean, wait a minute. Yeah, that is the question on the table. Jeremiah, should we watch this episode? Yeah. So I will say that I think that there is absolutely enough in this episode scattered throughout dialogue and little moments with all these characters. A lot of the bridge crew and and, uh, Jameson himself, where I think if you are the, I I would guess, relatively unusual person that is actually watching through this for the first time with this podcast, I would say watch this episode. 
I think given the episodes you've watched, I think this is so much of a more interesting and it's not really a damaging episode to anybody. I think it actually is developmental for many characters in that context, right? If you are literally anybody else, do not watch this episode. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's a pretty big miss in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Okay. All right. That's well, an interesting. That's an interesting point on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Burns, you're going to say don't watch it. I, clearly, and I mean, I I, I don't Unless need you to change your mind. No, 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 no. 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 Um, well, no. no. One thing I want to say is just real quick that you get that you get the ball move forward on the prime directive in that same way. I argue you get the ball move forward in a lot of different ways with the show towards what it eventually will be. Mm. If you've already seen where it goes, you don't need that. Well, right? no, no, no. I mean, I I would argue I would argue this. You're seeing that because you're already a fan. You're, you're lending it that credence, which this episode does not earn. Someone watching this episode for the first time, and, and indeed somebody watching this series for the first time, is not going to glean all that stuff out of this turd of an episode because there's just, it, it's so much background flavor for a center stage act, which just can't cut the mustard, man. This, this, this central story just does not work. I mean, I get what you're saying about like, oh, these galaxy class starships are so big. We could have had a, like, that's a, yeah. that's a piece of nerd bait right there, man. That's, that's there for the fans. That's there for the people who were, uh, original series fans who had watched it completely throughout. And when they were watching it, they said, oh, aha, see, Kirk's enterprise was different. This enterprise, it, like, that's not for somebody who, who is just going to watch Star Trek The Next Generation for the first time and go, what's Star Trek? I, I mean, I think that stuff works for the nerd fan base, mm, but no, I don't... I, I think it really only works mm, if this is your first trip through nah, and you can see the build nah. into what it becomes. Nah, I think... Disagree. Like, yeah. I, I think that, that, that seeing those sort of things and sort of getting that tone, I think it only works if... Well, it only really is me satisfying. It. You're not going to remember that stuff, though. You're not going to remember that stuff on a long enough timeline um, because, I mean, at least for me personally, maybe you're different. But, I mean, I literally, when I came to this episode, I'm like, that's where that guy ages backwards. Like, that's what you're going to remember about the episode. Not that they talked about the Galaxy-class starship and how it had luxurious quarters and not that Picard had a nice couple of moments. I mean, you're going to remember that stuff out of episodes that are way better than this one. You're not going to remember that out of this episode because this is some goofy episode about some admiral you don't care about who did something 40 years ago that nobody will remember. <laughs> like, it's, it's just, it's, it's Benjamin Button. Opinion. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. No, no. It's my opinion that if up to this point your only experience with those characters is the quasi travesty of the first half of this season? <laughs> yeah. Then it starts to it starts the healing process of that. I right. Man. If that's all of your experience, that's all I'm saying. I just think it's more of the same. There's too much more of the same in there for for this episode to have earned you know that kind of stuff. There's there's some redeemable stuff in here, but most of it is just most of this episode is sillier than everything else that we've seen so far. And Whoa. I'm including people Whoa. with yeah wow. no. No, I'm including the laser whips, and I'm including Portal Forty, whatever. And I, I mean, cause wow, okay, this, that's yeah, a, wow. that's a strong stance to take. Yep, that's. I, I don't think I can follow you out that far, man. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that wouldn't. <laughs> some places we can't go. Yeah, <laughs> it just it it's just because uh, I'm looking at it in terms of of making intelligible television out of it. I mean, 
because I mean, I'll agree that the collection of ideas that's in this episode is probably more passable as a Star Trek episode than some of the stuff that we've seen up to this point. But it's such a garbage mess, like, I mean, literal dumpster fire of an episode in, in how it comes together. I mean, it's I would have expected this sort of quality to come out of some, you know, basic cable group or some, you know, I mean, this this is not this is not the pedigree of storytelling that we're used to in Star Trek, not even the original series. I mean, there's That's just the it, it you, just, you know, at this point, somebody that has only watched up to this point, that is what they're used to is garbage yeah. fires. No, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean there's a lot really of garbage hard. fires, man. So it is it's really hard to separate out all of these. And and you've made some really good points on it of, of you know, is this better if you're watching it, if you haven't seen anything or better if you're coming back to it? And yeah. I'm, I the problem I'm having, I think, um, and, and the problem I, I sort of knew when I entered this, this, the start of this discussion was. Um, what I said that this I've seen this episode maybe a dozen times, um, and the first time I saw it, I almost certainly let a lot of that stuff slide, and I almost certainly saw it on a TV that was is is much smaller and much less high def than my current TV, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of those small things were probably blunted by that, um, and also by you know just being <laughs> being younger and and just wanting to have fun with Star Trek. Um, so I probably let a lot of things pass early on that, that if I came to this now, um, and just said, Oh, is this good or not? No, it's not. Um, but can you get there? And and is it only the nostalgia that got me there? Is a very tricky question that I'm having trouble parsing apart. Um, because I'm seeing both, both sides, right? I I think I see what Jeremiah is saying. There are some good parts. It's not damaging your characters. Um, but I, I also see what Burns saying, right? It's, it's sloppy writing. It's not the best story. It's there's a lot of weird parts. The pacing's off, and at the end of the day, the the real question is: Do would someone watching through need this episode now? Because the argument that you're making, Burns, is that you'll get this stuff later, right? And it might take a while, but you're going to get it. And I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, right? I don't think there's anything in here right now that is going to make the next episode better well and to to paint that picture i guess let's go down the list this is uh too short a season our next episode is when the brow break when the bow breaks oh lord um (laughs) so you know i mean i and and that's the thing when when we set out to do this we set out to create a a a watch guide for somebody who's new i don't want this on the roadmap i really really don't that's why i'm arguing so passionately against it i probably wouldn't care as much if there if we didn't have a website that was telling people to like watch this but skip (laughs) that but I really guilt me. This would be on me if I told people to watch. This right? would be on you, and I don't want this to be on the website and as a list of episodes that yeah you should really watch because there's something yeah. I just don't so, think there's enough I, here. I have, I, I, I have a no, very think, quick question. I think even before that, well, yeah, okay, go for it. Very <laughs> quick question: uh-huh. How on the website will my vote be counted? Because <laughs> mine was a very conditional watch. <laughs> Very conditional. Hey, hey, it's binary, man. You either it's it's just like the American political process. You you don't oh, sort of you don't if kind I have to give of a binary vote. answer. Yes, I thought about coming to this and saying one hundred percent skip it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I thought about coming to this yeah. and saying just have people flip a coin, like not us flip a coin, but have them flip. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I'm more leaning towards the skip it, right? Uh, and it's just, I if you catch it on BBC. And you just have it on in the background. You're probably going to not pay attention to some of the dumb parts, right? right. That, that's probably in there too. Yep. Um, and there are 
parts of this that are reasonable. And if you're confused about the prime directive, QS went up and, and, you know, fast forward to that scene. It's they're in a dark room and he's drinking whiskey or something. Mm-hmm. Like just look for that scene and there, then watch that. There were a lot of dark rooms <laughs> right. though. That ha- that well, shot happened like three times. The reason is a plot device to not show his face to people on the view screens. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look for, yeah, look for a, a, a conversation between Picard and, and Dorian Gray and, and you'll get there. Um, but you don't need it. Yeah. And I, that's got to be the core here, that you don't need this episode right now. Yeah. Because there are, I mean, there's, I mean, like Encounter at Farpoint, it's it's a kind of a bad episode, oh, but you yeah. you sort of need, need it. it. Yeah, yeah, you need it. And that was our argument, right? That we don't love Farpoint. Right. Um, and, and to some degree, I might like Farpoint less than this episode. Um, but you need Farpoint. Yeah. You yep. don't need this. Yep. No. Yep. No. Okay. If that's the criteria, then absolutely skip it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Well, I think we made. It, I mean, there's an interesting case there. Like, and and yeah, if you have seen a lot of stuff, and this episode is not ringing a bell to you at all, if you've seen a lot of Star Trek, but like, what happened to Burns, where he just kind of forgot it? Like, go back and watch it, and then see what we're talking about, because it's a weird episode. Yeah. And, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, care. by all means, and and people who are are fans of the show are listening along with us too. I mean, watch the episode and 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 listen to our discussion about it because I think we did have a good discussion. But if we're talking about, I mean, this is well, purely we already, they already did. If I mean, this is the end of the discussion. That's true. Yeah. Well, we'll save that for the preview then, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, I mean, if, you're, if you're listening to this, sorry, you already did the work. If I if I can end this with the highest compliment that I know how to give at this point. I enjoyed our discussion to an inverse degree as I enjoyed the episode, <laughs> um, which is to say I absolutely loathed this episode, but this was a fantastic conversation. So, Jeremiah, thank you uh, once again for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Jason. i Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Now you tell me what the hell is going on. I don't know. Emergency in the admiral's quarters. 